Welcome to the Nutrition Edit Podcast for high-performing women who want to up-level their health and feel their best in their bodies, careers, and personal lives. In this podcast, I'll sift through the latest nutrition and biohacking trends to filter out the bullshit, share what you really need to know, and help you put the good stuff into practice in a way that works for you. You'll get actionable tips from guest experts and myself on how to up-level your mindset, workouts, relationships, and environment, and start feeling like the badass woman you are. Join me as we bust through the bro science and male-centric health paradigm to help you achieve optimal performance, body, mind, and soul. Hello again, and welcome back to the Nutrition Edit. I'm your host, Jeannie Oliver, functional nutrition coach and certified personal trainer, and I'm so glad you joined me today. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and have had some downtime to rest and reflect on what I know has been a really crazy year for so many of us. 2024 is just days away, and as usual, the year absolutely flew by. I'm not one for New Year's resolutions, but I do like to take a little time at the start of the year to set intentions for what's to come and to think about what I've learned and what I'm thankful for over the last 12 months. And something that I always end up thinking about is the perception of time and how three months or six months or a year can sometimes feel so far off, but then when we look back, it feels like the last year or five years or even 10 years have just gone by in an instant. I just celebrated a big milestone birthday and my friends and I were laughing about how weird it is to be talking you know, about how long we've known each other or reminiscing about things that happened like 20, 20 plus years ago. It's just bizarre. Um, and I think that this perception of time is particularly relevant when it comes to pursuing our health and fitness goals. You know, as a society, we are so used to instant gratification and getting anything that we want by simply tapping a screen or clicking a link. And if we don't get results quickly enough, we often abandon what we're doing and look for the next quick fix because it just feels too hard and unfamiliar to be patient and really settle into a process that takes time. But if you can think about it in terms of how quickly the last year has gone by, it can definitely help you realize that if you can be a little more patient, stay consistent with your efforts, that that time is still going to fly by and you can make so much progress. A great example of this is learning a language. I have been personally trying to learn to speak French for about three years now. And let me tell you, it is one of the most humbling, patience-requiring things that I have ever done in my life. Maybe the most humbling thing I've ever done. Um, and there have been so many times, especially in the beginning, when I was totally overwhelmed and it just seemed like an impossible goal to speak even the most basic French, let alone become fluent in French, which I still am not. But I've been chipping away at it and practicing every day, even if it's just for a few minutes. And now I'm to a place where I can actually have a basic conversation with a French speaker. And I was even complimented on my accent when we were in France this fall, and people are no longer automatically replying to me in English when I speak to them in French. So that is super exciting. That was a huge win for me, and I was really stoked when someone complimented me on my accent because that is a tough thing. Those French R's are a bear, let me tell you. And at the end of the day, speaking language, yes, it's incredibly challenging, but it's really just learning a new skill. And the same is true about creating a healthy lifestyle. You're just learning new skills. And thankfully, these skills, when it comes to you know, nutrition or fitness, 
your relationship with food. These are a heck of a lot easier to master than learning a new language. And you can do that a lot more quickly than learning a new language, especially as an adult. It's easy to learn languages as a kid, but when we start as adults, it's a lot tougher. But yeah, choosing healthy foods, it's a skill. Grocery shopping is a skill. Cooking is absolutely a skill. And it's actually a lot easier than most people think, um, an easier one to learn too. It's also a skill to learn what your body is trying to tell you and how to care for yourself emotionally and physically instead of just anesthetizing with like sugar or bread or alcohol, for example. Um, These are all just skills. So what I think many people see as being disciplined and motivated, more likely it's just a matter of learning and practicing new skills and allowing yourself to be a beginner. Um, If you're familiar with Mel Robbins, she talks about this a lot, like allowing yourself to be a beginner. Because if you're a beginner, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to, you know, learn as you go and not be masterful at something yet because you're just a beginner. You're learning. And really, all of us are beginners on some level at some point in our lives, right? So Allow yourself to be a beginner. Don't feel like, well, I've got to do this perfectly out the gate or not at all. I really find too that that most people, especially us women, we feel like we should be able to figure out our nutrition and fitness on our own. Like we'll hire experts like mechanics to fix our cars or a tax expert, um, maybe an interior designer or whatever other professional that we need to help us with aspects of life that we don't specialize in or where we are not experts. But when it comes to our well-being, we really feel like we know or we should know what to do when we shouldn't. (laughs) And I totally understand this because I was that way for a really long time. I spent all of my 20s and 30s on the yo-yo dieting hamster wheel because I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know where to find answers about what would work for my individual needs. And, you know, that was before we had access to just tons of information on the internet too. So it maybe wasn't as accessible as it is now, but I actually think it's more of a detriment to have all of this information available to us because it's just, just overwhelming. It's way too much. And, you know, I didn't even start on my health and fitness journey until my late thirties And I often regret not prioritizing my nutrition and fitness earlier in life because I could have saved myself a lot of heartache. But the fact is that I wasn't ready until I was ready, which was my late 30s. And and now I'm really grateful that I started then when I did, because now at 50, (laughs) my late 30s seem so young. But, you know, I just want to say to any of you who are just starting to prioritize your health, I wanted to share with you like the main things that I want to encourage you to do. These are the things that I feel like if I knew then what I know now, you know, this is what I would do if I could just jump in a time machine and start on this whole process sooner. So I'm just going to read off a quick list of these. First, I would prioritize my sleep and my self-care and I would learn to say no. Those are kind of three different things, but I feel like they're intertwined. Sleep is so crucial and it influences so many things downstream. So I really think that that is a big thing that as young people, we're working, we're, you know, going out and having fun, we're doing all these things and sleep isn't a big priority, but it really just influences so much about the choices that we make. And um, it's just a huge needle mover. So 
that's where I would start and prioritizing self-care versus just burning the candle at both ends, you know, learning to say no and set healthy boundaries. That's a huge thing that can be a lifelong quest for us, right? Or a lifelong lesson. Um, but next I would definitely have taken more time to figure out what was right for me, what worked for me in any aspect of life. And then I would stay true to that regardless of others' opinions. This is not an easy thing to do. You know, we are influenced by those around us. We just are. We care what they think. We want people to, you know, we want to please people, even if we're not people pleasing to a problematic level. Like, you know, we want to make others happy and comfortable and feel loved and cared for and all these things. We want to nurture people. Um, but I think learning how to do that in a way that is healthy for all involved and isn't to your own detriment, I think is a really, really crucial thing. So, and then figuring out what works for you. And that includes nutrition, fitness, like what works for your body versus what is the latest celebrity doing or influencer or, you know, so-and-so next door that may not work for you. So figure out what works for you and then really stay true to yourself. Next, I would really cultivate gratitude for my body and all that it enabled me to do instead of wishing that it looked different or weighed less. Again, easier said than done. I still have my moments when I wish my body looked different. I don't like that I see wrinkles and loose skin now where it didn't used to be. I mean, bodies are bodies. They're imperfect. And we're always going to have things that if we could wave a magic wand that we would change about ourselves, right? That's just human nature. Um, we may not have the face and body that we would choose if we had, you know, our perfect aesthetic choice to make. But I think that learning to really be grateful and thankful to our bodies and to recognize and appreciate what they do for us and what they allow us to do is a really, really powerful thing. Um, you know, and the next thing, which also ties into this, I would focus more on resistance training instead of doing tons of cardio. I mean, I grew up in the day and age where it was all about aerobics and cardio, and that was what you're supposed to do. And the higher the calorie burn, the better. Well, turns out that's really not the answer. Yes, cardio is good for us. It matters. But lean muscle mass is everything. Like it is the best thing that we can do for ourselves is build lean muscle mass. And when I did start strength training eventually, it helped me appreciate my body so much more because I felt strong and I could see progress every week. Like I was lifting a little bit heavier weight in this exercise or that exercise. And it felt so, I felt more powerful. I felt empowered versus just that kind of disempowering, like, oh, I have to punish my body more. I have to work it harder, um, make it smaller. Like that whole mentality of just trying to, you know, weigh less, take up less space in the world. I hate that. If you've been listening to me for any period of time, you know that that is not what I am pushing here. Um, you know, my hope for all of us as humans, especially as women, is that we can start to really embrace and appreciate our bodies, honor our bodies, learn to take care of them in a way that nurtures us, like truly nurtures us versus just, you know, the Band-Aid approach where we're eating things that give us that kind of momentary pleasure, but they're detrimental in the long term. Um, you know, we're over-exercising or under-eating, like all of those things that are just really negative and punishing to our bodies, those don't create a healthy relationship with our bodies or with food. 
and they're not the key to happiness on any level. Like they just make us miserable and feel deprived and depleted. And so, yeah, I think building strength is one really great way to um, create that appreciation for your body and to feel empowered. And next, I would focus on eating enough of the right foods versus just counting calories or macros because food is so much more than calories or, you know, grams of carbohydrate or protein or fat. It is life. It is nourishment for your cells, for your brain, for your hormones, like, you know, your bones, your muscles, your skin, everything. And growing up in the 80s, 90s, like, you know, and still to this day, the mainstream diet culture, medical industry, it is all about eating less, exercising more. And that is really not the answer. You know, yeah, calories matter to some degree, macros matter to some degree, but it's just part of the picture. It's not, it's not the whole, the whole pie, right? So yeah, I would definitely shift my focus from, you know, counting calories or macros and focus more on eating enough of the right foods, specifically nutrient-dense foods. Next, I would diligently drink half my weight in ounces of water daily. You've heard me talk about this before on a previous podcast about water and hydration, um, but that's kind of the general number to shoot for, half your weight in ounces of water daily. That, again, like sleep, being hydrated can really have so many positive downstream effects. So that's something I would focus on. And then lastly, I would get involved in a community specifically an active community, be that one um, with dance, which is something that I love. Dance communities are often really, really cool. Um, or a community around a sport. My husband has an incredible community um, of water sports people here in the Northwest, and they're just wonderful people. And having that kind of community, it just provides a certain level of support and camaraderie, accountability, you know, fun, motivation, all of these things that can help you stay consistent with whatever it is that you're doing. So have, you know, being involved in an active community like that can be a real game changer um, and a really great way to just, you know, make more friends and have a better, stronger support system. So that's something that I would prioritize too as a younger person. Because as someone who is more of an introvert, introvert, excuse me, I'm social, but I'm definitely an introvert. That is something that I didn't prioritize because I was just a little bit more of a loner. And truthfully, I kind of always prided myself on being fiercely independent, which I now know wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing in the world emotionally. But yeah, if I had it to do over again, and something that's more of a priority for me now is to definitely be involved in community. And so those are kind of my main points, but regardless of the stage of life that you're in, it is truly never too late to start taking care of your body and mind. And I encourage you not to go it alone because it makes it a lot harder than it needs to be. So that's where that community piece can come in. Because there is so much free information out there uh, with the internet these days, you know, we've got social media, we've got online publications. Um, we now all have access to science journals and studies and PubMed and things like that. Um, it seems like it should be easy to get the information and the guidance we need. And yeah, it's easy to get information, <laughs> um, but not necessarily guidance. But since it's out there and it's so readily available, it can feel frivolous to invest in hiring an expert to help us with these things. Um, 
but you know, with all of this information free and readily available, much of it is actually contradictory and confusing. Sometimes it's downright false. So it can be incredibly overwhelming and difficult to know where to start and what is even relevant for you. I mean, I study nutrition and fitness for a living and even doing this full time, I will always, always have more to learn. There is always new science and information available. And it's my job to filter out any BS or to understand how it applies to different populations, like women versus men or age groups, different athletes, whatever it might be. And if I didn't have that education and the experience that I have, it would be impossible to navigate this. So the question to ask yourself is, are you willing and able to make it your full-time job to get your nutrition and fitness dialed in? Or does it make more sense for you to invest in working with someone who can help guide you along the way? Because that's what it is. It, it is an investment. It's an investment in your health and your well-being. And it's an investment in feeling and looking the way that you want to. Most importantly, I truly believe that it's an investment in your future. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I wanted to jump in and let you know that doors are opening soon for my Body Liberation Together group, mindset, and metabolism coaching program. We'll kick off in early January, and unlike typical New Year nutrition and fitness programs, this is not a rigid diet protocol or punishing fitness regimen. This program is designed to help you build yourself up, not break yourself down. You'll learn how to make foundational changes to decrease stress, increase your energy, and create a healthy metabolism so you can end the vicious cycle of dieting, burning out, abusing your body, and dieting again just to try to get back on track. You'll receive both group and one-on-one -on -one mindset, nutrition, and fitness coaching to help you establish habits that you can stick to for results that last. I only run this group once a year and space is limited to eight people. So go to bodylibtogether.com, that's bodylib, L-I-B as in boy, together.com, or click the link in the show notes to get on the wait list. You'll be the first to know when doors open, and we'll schedule a free 30-minute chat to make sure it's right for you before you commit. I look forward to connecting with you, and now, back to the show. I don't know about you, but both myself and so many of my clients have aging parents right now, and we're seeing firsthand the consequences of those parents not investing in their health. And it's a real wake-up call. It's hard to watch. It's often heartbreaking because we're seeing them, you know, lose their cognitive function, um, their personalities change. You know, it's, they've lost mobility and freedom in their lives, and it's really upsetting. But it's also a wake-up call for us because we kind of realize, okay, you know, there may be some genetic predispositions there that we need to um, work on, right? Because we always say like genes load the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. So just because you have a genetic predisposition does not mean that you are destined for that. You know, genes are expressed or not expressed. And we can actually have some control over what genes are expressed by, you know, making the right food choices, um, you know, cultivating a healthy lifestyle, taking good care of ourselves, prioritizing things like sleep and stress management. So it's an opportunity, you know, when we see these shifts in our parents to go, okay, now is really time to sort of recalibrate and, and prioritize my health at this, this stage in life. And, you know, of course, it's not, it's not always cheap when we're talking about investing in getting help with your health, be it with a doctor or with someone like me, a nutrition coach, personal trainer, whoever that may be. 
But you know what? That's what an investment is. It's something that becomes more valuable over time or the value increases over time versus a liability, which depreciates over time. So an example, have you ever bought something inexpensive and then later wished that you had sprung for the pricier, better, better quality option? I know I have. I've done this many times and I almost always wish that I had invested in the better quality thing that would last longer or give me better results. Now, sometimes we simply just don't have the resources to choose that better option. So we have to make do with the more affordable thing. And that's, that's okay, right? There's a time and place for everything. But often the cheaper thing ends up costing us more time, more money, and or more energy in the long run. So it doesn't end up being worth it. I mean, like your cheap, like fast fashion t-shirt that loses its shape after two washings versus like that one amazing, like high quality, like $40 organic cotton t-shirt that's going to last years and still fit you perfectly. We Americans are famous for this, right? We go for quantity over quality, whereas Europeans shop very differently. They have a very small wardrobe, but they're high quality, well-made pieces that are more timeless, maybe less, less trendy, and they'll have those things for you know decades, sometimes lifetime. So, or lifetimes, they're often passed down to their, their children and grandchildren because they're just that good quality. And I'll say that this happens to me with clients <laughs> when we're talking about the health and you know nutrition fitness context. Um, I will have an initial meeting with somebody and it'll go well, but they'll opt for a less expensive option. Like maybe they'll go with a DIY app-based program or they'll choose to work with someone maybe that's covered by their insurance who, you know, maybe they don't feel is as, as good a fit, but it's covered by their insurance. So they want to give it a shot. Totally makes sense. I completely understand this. And sometimes these things will work really well for them and they don't need the more kind of customized approach and support that I provide. But more often than not, these people end up circling back to me after a year or two, having had little to no success with the app or, you know, the person that they didn't feel was the great fit, the, you know, doctor's office or hospital, whatever. And they share with me that they wish that they hadn't wasted their time doing those things. And they wish that they had just worked with me when we first met. But I always tell them, look, it, it really wasn't a waste of time because through that process, they learn something about what doesn't work for them and what kind of support that they really need. And they wouldn't have known otherwise, right? And it's kind of, it's really kind of like dating. So the whole point of dating is that when you date different people, you learn what you do and do not want in a partner what's important for you to feel loved and cared for, um, you know, do you have the same value systems, all of these things. And there may be heartbreak or difficult lessons learned along the way, but you're not wasting your time if you're learning something. The important thing is that like once you know better, you make choices that will serve you well instead of making the same mistakes over and over again or the same choices that don't serve you over and over again. And I will tell you, you know, the clients that I see who have the most success on their health journey or achieving their health and fitness goals are always the clients who have tried everything. You know, they've done the diets, they've done the quick fixes, the fads, pills, injections, whatever, et cetera. And they've come to a realization that nothing is really going to change and they're not going to get lasting results until they do the real work of creating a healthy mindset and a healthy relationship with their food and their bodies. And the cool thing is that once they do commit to this work, 
it's so exciting to see their progress. Um, I'm working with a woman right now and she started working with me after really hitting rock bottom with her health. And when she committed, she committed big time. <laughs> she really leaned into doing the mindset work. And now she is making breakthroughs left and right. Even when she gets off track, she's able to recalibrate and continue progressing more quickly and easily because she's got the tools and the support she needs. So, and you know, I don't know about you, it, everyone is different, but I know for me, when I invest in something that is a little bit of a financial stretch for me, I am so much more committed. I mean, I am bound and determined to get my money's worth out of that and I will do the work. However, if I buy something and, you know, business stuff is a prime example. I've done marketing courses or social media courses or whatever kind of business course that I've looked into. And there is some that I have purchased that have been really inexpensive. And guess what? Those are the ones that I haven't done because they kind of, it wasn't really a big investment for me. It was sort of a throwaway item that if I didn't do the work, it was kind of like no big deal. Oh, well. And I, it's not to say that they weren't fantastic programs. I maybe could have gotten so much out of that and had real success with it. But because it wasn't an investment for me, I didn't take it as seriously and I didn't do the work. Whereas, you know, the more expensive coaching that I've invested in for myself, business coaching or otherwise, I tell you, I have shown up for that and I have done the work. So this is another example of how an investment, um, while it can feel big at the time, it will actually grow in value over time. It'll pay off in spades if it's the right one for you. And, you know, sometimes it's not the right investment. So you have to kind of know that and really listen to your gut instincts about it. Um, and I am a huge proponent of shopping around, you know, figuring out what feels right, what resonates for you. I, um, you know, always talk with people before they sign up to work with me, unless it's something small, like one of my DIY programs, because I want to make sure it's a good fit. I'm not doing you any favors or myself any favors by just, you know, taking your money and you not getting any results. That's the last thing that, that I want. And any coach that has integrity would feel the same way. Um, you know, in a lot of my my peer circles and people that I work with, other coaches, they all feel the same way that they would rather, you know, make less money and work with fewer people who are really right for them, a really good fit, who they can truly help versus help a larger volume of people who aren't necessarily the right fit because they're not going to get the results because they're not right for you or you're not right for them, right? So, Anyway, <laughs> I wanted to share with you guys, doors are now open for my once yearly group coaching program. It's called Body Liberation Together, and I only have a few spots left. This is a small group that I just run in January, and it's a really great option if you like the energy and accountability of a group. Uh, it's more affordable than coaching one-on-one -on -one with me. And this, while this program is focused on mindset and metabolism, but it's designed around my six pillars of wellness, which I'm going to share with you in a couple minutes. So it's really a whole person approach versus just the typical, you know, counting calories and macros, working out X number of times a week program that's really common in the new year, um, which is what most people offer. And that's fine. That's totally right for some people. It's just not my approach. You know, I want you to learn to eat in a way that really nourishes your body and soul. I'm providing all the tools that you need to do that. You get 
four weeks of meal plans with shopping lists included. So there's no guesswork involved. Um, and really the goal of this, not just this program, but all of the work that I do with clients, my goal is to help you learn a way of eating and of working out and just living every day that is not just helping you to achieve your goals. It's not just getting you results, but you can step back and go, yeah, this might take a little thought and effort, but I'm still enjoying my life. This is doable for me. I don't feel deprived all the time. I'm not hungry all the time. I'm feeling good. My energy's good. I'm sleeping well. And I could eat this way the rest of my life. Like this is working for me. So that's always my goal for you. And, you know, while meal plans can be great, especially at first because they provide some good structure and they give you a nice um, kind of, you know, resource for, for recipes, flexibility, excuse me, flexibility is actually really crucial when it comes to creating a lifestyle and a way of eating that's sustainable for you. So you're also going to learn how to eat in a way that serves you well, even if you're traveling or eating out, because it's just not practical to always follow a meal plan. I mean, what are you going to do if you're on a cruise ship or you're eating at a friend's house or you're, you know, on vacation, on an airplane? Um, you need to learn tools and ways to make choices that serve you well, regardless of what setting you're in, so that you're going to learn. And I teach that in my one-on-one -on -one work as well, and even in some of my online DIY like self-study programs. So yeah, so I want to quickly just cover my six pillars of wellness to give you an idea of my approach and how I work with both my groups and my one-on-one -on -one clients. So mindset is always the first thing that we're going to start with. This is number one. In this program, we start by working on mindset and helping you get in touch with your body, help you cultivate a healthy relationship with your food because your brain is driving the bus. So having the right mindset is really the foundation for creating a healthy lifestyle and making lasting changes. And this includes your thoughts, your self-talk, as well as your beliefs about who you are and what you can or cannot do. Because often the stories that you tell yourself are what holds you back from reaching your goals or making real changes. So we always start with the mindset. Next, stress management. This is a big one. You know, we can't avoid stress, but we can learn to manage it better. And nutrition plays a really big role in that. Food can either be a source of stress on your body or a source of stress relief. And by eating and moving in ways that support your nervous system, you'll find that you are less stress reactive. So what I mean by that is that you may find that the stressors in your life may not have changed, but they no longer affect you as much as they do when your body is stressed out by inflammatory food, too much alcohol and or caffeine, and too little or even too much exercise. And improving sleep is a really big focus under this stress management umbrella as well. Because like I mentioned before, sleep has so many effects on every other aspect of your life, including you know appetite, insulin sensitivity, um, what you crave or don't crave, your energy, obviously. So sleep is a huge, huge piece of this. Next is inflammation. And reducing inflammation is really kind of about reducing the insults, so to speak, to your body that often come from external sources. Um, examples of this would include like reducing inflammatory foods, like high glycemic processed foods or foods with, with toxic ingredients, and then reducing toxic exposures to chemicals from either agriculture or like personal and household products, for example. So reducing inflammation is a big thing. Um, another piece of this is actually 
identifying and eliminating any foods that you're sensitive to or reactive to, because those can cause a lot of inflammation in your body as well. So that's the inflammation piece. Um, detoxification. I know people kind of cringe when they hear the word detox and yeah, there's a lot of quote unquote detoxes or cleanses out there that are total nonsense. But when I talk about detoxification, really what I'm talking about is supporting your body's natural detox pathways so that you can eliminate property properly, excuse me. So that doesn't just mean, you know, pooping regularly. That is part of elimination and it's really crucial. But this also means you know, eliminating toxins. Like that's part of what our bodies do is just eliminate stuff that we're exposed to in the air and, you know, water, whatever on a daily basis. And we need to have our organs of detox, our detox pathways open in order to do that. We also need to detoxify or eliminate hormones. We need to use our hormones and then eliminate any excess or eliminate, you know, used up hormones. So that's a really big piece. Um, your liver is a big organ of detox. And if your liver isn't function, functioning optimally, it really can affect your energy. It can cause weight loss resistance. It can cause hormone imbalances, skin issues, all kinds of stuff. So the detoxification piece, we're really looking at just kind of supporting your body's natural ability to detoxify and eliminate. Um, and that again, can have a really big influence on your body's ability to burn fat, etc. Um, next is fitness. So movement is a really key component of health for sure. Our bodies are designed to move. We're not meant to be as sedentary as we are in the modern world sitting all the time. However, you don't have to become a gym rat or spend hours of week in the gym or hours working out, ideally a few hours a week total, but really you're going to learn to work out smarter and more efficiently versus doing that kind of punishing exercise we talked about before. So when I talk about fitness, I'm talking about really building strength, increasing lean muscle, because these things will actually improve your metabolism or your metabolic health. They're going to support healthy brain, healthy hormones. Um, they're very anti-aging. So that's the fitness piece. Um, but wherever you are in your fitness journey, you know, even if you're just in a place where you're like, hey, I'm just walking or, you know, Maybe if you've got any kind of um, impediment or you know disability, anything that you're struggling with that prevents you injuries um, from moving in certain ways, we're just you know going to meet you where you're at and help you get moving in a way that actually works for you, and you can always build from there. So don't feel like oh boy, she focuses on fitness. I've got to you know get in the gym and and spend an hour and a half every day. Nope. I love fitness. That's not how I work out either. So I'm all about efficiency. I want you to get the most bang for your buck in as short a time as possible. And then lastly, so, you know, nutrition obviously carries through every aspect that we've talked about here, and that's always going to be a focus. But blood sugar regulation is one really key component of nutrition that I always focus on. I talk about this one a lot, and it's really hard to overstate the importance of it. I mean, blood sugar regulation is the key to preventing insulin resistance. And trust me when I tell you that you want to avoid or prevent insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is often happening long before your blood glucose readings will actually look bad or before they will reach the pre-diabetic range. So we want to address or prevent insulin resistance before that ever happens. Now, the good news is that type 2 diabetes is reversible. 
Now, I'm not a doctor, so I can't diagnose or treat anything like that. But when it comes to your nutrition, we can help you eat in a way that helps you become more insulin sensitive and less insulin resistant. So that can actually help with these things. But, you know, that's something that you've got to address with a doctor first so that they can kind of monitor you and you can kind of track your progress there. A lot of people in the medical community, specifically the functional medicine community, are referring to Alzheimer's disease as type 3 diabetes because it's so tightly connected with insulin resistance in the brain. So again, you know, if you're in that category of folks who are dealing with aging parents and you're seeing um, them struggle with dementia or Alzheimer's, any kind of cognitive decline, this is definitely something that you want to pay attention to. And even if you're not, regulating your blood sugar is just a really, really important piece when we're talking about caring for your body because it's going to help you have better energy, better cognitive function. Um, you know, most of you listening are working with, you know, pretty demanding careers and lives. You're high performers and you want to feel like you're on it. You want to feel like you can bring your A game and that cognitively you're sharp and focused. I know I want that. That's really important for me, especially running my own, my own practice. So there are a multitude of benefits to keeping your blood sugar, you know, nice and, and well-regulated. Um, it can influence your sleep, your hormones, your moods, everything. So this is a big one. And if your blood sugar is all over the place and you're experiencing insulin resistance, it's going to be really hard to lose fat. So I know that's a big priority for many of you. And you know, that's, that's one thing, one lever that we can pull and um, work on for sure when it comes to nutrition. You know, it's also not just your diet or food that affects your blood sugar and insulin production. It's also exercise or lack thereof. So too little and too much can both be bad. Stress can affect it and your sleep. These all can influence your body's ability to regulate your blood glucose. So that is something that I spend a lot of time and I focus on in my practice and in both my group and one-on-one -on -one programs. So these are the six pillars there that you know my practice is basically built around. And if you know that you need support and guidance when it comes to feeling your best, achieving your health goals, um, you know anything that you want for yourself, especially in this coming year as the new year starts. I would love to work with you. The last day to sign up for Body Liberation Together, the group coaching program is January 5th. So if you're interested in that, jump on it. Go to bodylibtogether. So that's body, L-I-B as in boy, together.com. And you can apply to join. And don't worry, applying for this is not going to obligate you to buy the program. <laughs> Once you've submitted your application, I'll actually read through it. And if it sounds like you're a good fit, then we'll book a 30-minute chat to make sure it's right for you before you commit. If you're interested in getting one-on-one -on -one support, which is you know more customized, more individualized, you can go to my website and there's a link right there on the homepage to book a free 30-minute coffee talk. That'll give us a chance to talk about what you want to achieve and to see if I'm the right person to help you. I also have several really affordable self-study programs available, which, you know, I was kind of talking smack about this sort of thing earlier, but I have to say, like, I'm really proud of these programs, especially my 21-day reboot. It's a really, really impactful program and it's affordable, but if you're not used to buying good quality food, that first week grocery bill can be a little bit of a, a shocker. Um, 
but it's a really incredible program. People get fantastic results with that. So definitely check that out if that's more in your price range. And that is under the work with me tab on my website, which is just joliverwellness.com. I'll also put links to all of these things, these options in the show notes for you. But whatever you choose, I really look forward to connecting with you in 2024. And I'm really glad you joined me today. Thanks for being here and listening. This is actually the last episode this season. So I'll be taking a few weeks off, but I'm really excited for season four and I'm going to be bringing you more fantastic guests and helpful content. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, if you're new to the show, go back and check out seasons one and two and hit me up on Instagram. My handle is at joliverwellness. Shoot me any questions or comments about the show. And I just always love hearing from you. And I especially love getting your suggestions for future episode topics. So hit me up over there. Anyway, remember to take good care of yourself. Have a very, very happy new year. And I will see you next time.